Does anyone have relatives who live out of state? Yeah, quite a few of us, right? We have um, relatives that live, and one of the problems about seeing relatives that live out of state is there's several obstacles, right, to seeing them. You have to um, either drive hours and hours and hours, or get on a plane and, and have all of that. And, and the thing is, is that when you need to go to the airport, who do you often ask? Right? You know, sometimes a relative, but often a friend. Right? A friend will help you get over those obstacles for you to go and, and see the people you love. There's an old uh, Sicilian proverb that says, only your real friends will tell you when your face is dirty. And it, it's, it's true, right? A, a, a friend wants what's best for you, and they will help you get that good thing. Uh, you know, for instance, all my friends who like donuts, I'm like, man, you got to go to Donut Dip in West Springfield because those donuts are the best. And, um, you know, because you want what's good for them. But, you know, this in an even greater uh, way, you know, if you're a Christian, you should want your friends to encounter Jesus because he is the best thing. And you will help them overcome any obstacles to get to encounter him. Because real friends will help you overcome obstacles, and real faith will also help you overcome those obstacles that get in the way. And, you know, we're going to look at two obstacles, two things that often get in the way of encountering Jesus today, and one of them is the crowd, and then the other is the roof. We're going to look at that, and the question that we're going to ask ourselves today is, do I have a tear-the-roof-off kind of faith? Do I have the the tear-the-roof-off kind of friendship with people? And that terminology, tear the roof off, where does that come from? It comes from our scripture uh, in Luke chapter 5, verses 17 through 26. And in that scripture, it's a, an instance where people encounter Jesus because we're in this series of called Encountering Jesus where we're looking at, in the Gospel of Luke, different encounters that people had with Jesus, different kinds of people. You know, there was tax collectors and fishermen, rich and poor, uh, religious and skeptics. Many different people encountered Jesus, and their lives were changed forever. And we're looking at those encounters and seeing how they will inform our own encounters with Jesus today, because Jesus lives. And we can encounter him today, and we can receive his healing. He can change our life just like he changed people's lives back then. And so we're looking at them. And last week, we looked at a grieving mother and how she encountered Jesus And today, we're looking at some friends who helped their paralyzed friend encounter Jesus and find healing and forgiveness, despite some pretty severe obstacles. So let's look at Luke chapter 5. This is our scripture reading. Just some context. Jesus, he was gaining popularity. He started to gather disciples. We looked at that a couple weeks ago. He started, you know, he's healing people. So Luke chapter 5, verse 15 actually tells us, sets our our passage up today. It says, but now even more, the report about Jesus went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. And not just crowds were starting to take notice and gather, the religious authorities, the religious leaders were starting to gather to see 
what was going on. And so that's the context of our encounter today. Let's look, Luke chapter 5, verse, starting at verse 17. On one of those days, as Jesus was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there, who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into, their, into the midst before Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Rise and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, Jesus turned to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, Rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And immediately he rose up before them, picked up what he had been lying on, and went home glorifying God. And amazement seized them all, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, we have seen extraordinary things today. And that encounter with Jesus, I think the main point here, Luke's main point, and including this passage in his gospel, is to emphasize that Jesus has authority to forgive and to heal. So he has authority to heal and authority to forgive sins. And the reason I say this is back in Luke chapter 4, verses 32 to 36, the author already established that Jesus had authority over, over the spiritual realm. He cast out demons, and people said, who is this who has authority over the demons? And then it says that he has, his teaching was with authority. So he has authority over demons. He has a, authority in his teaching. And now we see he has authority to heal and authority over sins. And that's what I think the main point is. And so I think right away, I can say to you, if you're in need of healing and forgiveness, well then, an encounter with the one who has authority to heal and the authority to forgive, that's just what you need. That's exactly what you need today. And in fact, that's what those friends realized. The friends of the paralyzed man, they said, wait, this guy has authority to heal? Our friend is paralyzed. Let's, let's bring them. Let's bring him. Let's bring him to Jesus. He needs an encounter with Jesus. So that's what they do. And we see that here. Now, there's actually, so the friends and the paralyzed man have a life-changing encounter with Jesus. But notice, they're not the only people who have an encounter with Jesus in this passage. Right? The religious leaders, they also have an encounter with Jesus. Um, we have an interesting contrast, don't we? That we have this, these four men and their friend. And the reason I say four men is that in Mark's gospel, when he talks about this, he says there are four friends, even though in Luke's gospel, you won't, doesn't give a number. But that's why I say four. We have these four friends and the paralyzed man. They overcome all sorts of obstacles to get to Jesus. But then we have the religious leaders 
who have an obstacle that they refuse to overcome, and that's themselves. That's their, their own ideas of what God, what's possible, who God is, and who this Jesus is. And so as we begin looking at this scripture, I think a question we all need to ask ourselves is, you know, both groups have an encounter with Jesus, both groups have obstacles, which ones do we relate to the most? Do we relate to the, I need Jesus, I'm going to do anything I need to do to encounter him attitude, or the, mm, I'll encounter Jesus if it's on my terms. If, he, if I don't have to bust out anything un, unusual, well, well then I'm, I'm open to encounter Jesus. Because, you know, these religious leaders, if Jesus agreed with them all over with everything, they probably would have been fine with Jesus. Problem was, is they were, he was challenging them. He was challenging all of their ideas. And they weren't ready for that. So let's look at these two groups. So first of all, we have the friends, right? The friends who have a tear-the-roof-off kind of faith, and they're the tear-the-roof-off kind of friends because they did that for the paralyzed man. And their faith is what drives this encounter. Uh, The reason I say that is look at verse 20. It says as much. It says, when Jesus saw their faith, that means the, the faith of the friends who were bringing the paralyzed man down, he said, man, your sins are forgiven. That's the turn in this encounter. Their faith drives this encounter. Now, what's interesting, it says, when Jesus saw their faith, you, you can't really see faith, right? I mean, I can't see how much you believe or you believe or how much you trust in Jesus, how convinced you are of who he is. I, I can't see that. What do we see? We see the results of faith, right? And Jesus, he didn't, he didn't, I mean, he probably could see their faith, but, you know, he didn't see their faith. He saw what they were doing, what their faith drove them to do. And they were so convinced, because that's what faith is, a conviction of things not seen yet, is they were so convinced that this Jesus had authority to heal that they let nothing stop them. Um, Actually, they let nothing stop them from their friend encountering Jesus. So there's too big of a crowd. We can't get to Jesus. The crowd's too big. I'm not going to let that stop me. I'm not going to let the crowd stop us. So they climb up on the roof. Problem is, is it's not like it was one of those roofs that had a big opening. No, the roof was an obstacle itself. So they had to remove the tiles and lower their friend in. But the point is, is they knew they had the kind of faith, they had the kind of tear the roof off kind of faith. And that's, this is how convinced they were that they needed to encounter Jesus, that their friend needed to encounter Jesus. They weren't going to let anything stop them. So I think as we look, and right there, and ask ourselves a couple things. And one is, as we look at their faith, ask ourselves, wait a minute, do I have that kind of, I'm not going to let anything get in the way kind of faith, the tear the roof off kind of faith that these men exhibited. Because what happened is they had the faith that they needed to encounter Jesus. They let nothing stop them. And what happened? They encountered Jesus. (laughs) They encountered him, had that life-changing encounter. And do we have that kind of faith? I want to be very frank with you. Uh, I'm still Joe, but right now I'm going to be frank that I, I don't... 
I don't see that kind of faith much in the church in America. I mean, when we, the, the reason I said it is the, the church is a place where we gather together to encounter Jesus, right? That Jesus promised wherever two or three are gathered in my name, I'm in their midst. And so one of the reasons that we gather in, is because we want to encounter Jesus. But so many times, again, in the American church, it's like, ah, church service is too early, or seats are uncomfortable. Or, we, we don't do, we let almost any obstacle will stop us. <laughs> That's what a contrast to these friends who didn't let the crowd stop them, who didn't let the roof stop them. And you know, I think this pandemic, a lot of people are like, oh, faith has been really harmed by this pandemic. I, I think the pandemic's just revealed faith. It hasn't changed anyone's faith. It's just revealed faith. And the thing is, is why do I say that? Well, because the pandemic has thrown up all sorts of obstacles to everybody, right? It's not just a certain section of people there's obstacles. There's obstacles for all of us, right? We've all had to overcome things that are uncomfortable, things that we don't like. But those of us who want to encounter with Jesus, we're like, well, if that's the obstacle... I'm going, to go, I'm going to do it anyways, right? I'm going to encounter Jesus anyways, whether I have to wear a mask, whether I have to watch online, whatever it takes, I am so hungry to encounter Jesus because I know he has the authority to heal, to forgive, to give me everything I need. When I was in India teaching some pastors there, one of the pastors I was having a conversation with, he really inspired me. Uh, he was saying that, so he was a pastor of a, a smaller village in, um, in India, and he was saying, I was saying, yeah, tell me about your church, you know, the church that you're going to go in and, and teach in. And he says, well, I'm in a little kind of a rural area. So, you know, my church members come from quite a wide uh, area because, again, there's not many Christians in that part of India, the northern India. And he says, yeah, a lot of people, they have to walk 30 to 45 minutes. They have to walk 30 to 45 minutes. But they, there's no problem to them because they want to encourage, they want to encounter Jesus so much. And I was like, wow. And if you've ever been to India, when they say walk 30 to 35 minutes, they also, it's also like 90 to 100 degrees out. And they don't gather in a nice air-conditioned building. Do you know where they gather? They gather under a tree, 90 to 100 degrees out. And not only that, but some of the, the, the uh, Hindu fundamentalists of the villagers, like, sometimes they'll bust into their meetings and break them up. But yet, people still gather. Why? Because they have the tear the roof off kind of faith. In fact, they're saying, we don't even need a roof. We don't even need to tear off a roof. We don't even need a roof. We are, want to encounter Jesus so much. So that's the question. Do we have that kind of, I'm, I need Jesus so much. I, need, I, I know he has the authority to, to forgive and heal it. I'll stop at nothing. I'll, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll overcome any obstacle. But also, look at this question here about, all right, not only do I have that faith to tear the roof off, but do I have that kind of heart as a friend that I'll bear discomfort, I'll help carry others to Jesus. Do we, are we those tear the roof off kind of friends where we want our loved ones, our friends so much to encounter Jesus that we'll help them overcome any obstacle? Because the, the, the friends carried that paralytic all the way, right? They carried him. That was hard. They carried him up on the roof. They tore through the roof just so he could encounter Jesus. Do we want that for our friends? So oftentimes when we gather as a church, really it's about us, right? Do I like this? Is this program good? Is this program fun? 
But whether you're a senior or a senior in high school, do you want your friends to encounter Jesus? Or is it just about you? This is the kind of faith that these men exhibited. It's the kind of faith that I think is that this, par- this um, story, this passage is told for us to inspire us so that we would encounter Jesus today. But what's interesting is that these men obviously wanted Jesus to heal their friend physically, right? And they trusted that he could. But Jesus wanted them to understand something else, didn't he? He wanted them to understand that he not only had the authority to heal the body, but he also had authority to heal their soul, right? That, that um, he had authority to reconcile them to God. He had authority to, as it says here, forgive their sins. That's why when, uh, you know, they, they come, he starts out by saying, you know, it's obvious what they want. I mean, he's a paralyzed guy. They're bringing him here. He doesn't start talking about healing the body. He first says, your sins are forgiven. That's what he first says. And he wants the people gathered to understand he's just not someone who can heal, again, the body. There's other people who can heal the body but that he has authority from God to forgive sins. And that makes sense because we know that he's going to go die on the cross to forgive sins. So he's going to be taking on any sin that exists. So therefore, he has the authority to forgive. I mean, these don't, the people don't know that now, but we do because we've read the, the whole thing. Like that song we just sang, right? We're healed by his sacrifice. So he has the authority to forgive sins. So he says to him, your sins are forgiven. And when he says that at that point, Nothing visible happens, right? You, the, the people, the crowd that's gathered can't be like, oh yeah, I see, look at all those sins forgiven. No, nothing really happens. What happens, the thing that one can perceive is there's grumbling. Right? The religious leader's like, wait, what? Hey, you can't do that. You can't just take authority to forgive sins on yourself. Only God can give that kind of authority. But in response to their grumbling, Jesus makes clear that, no, no, I I meant what I said. I purposefully said your sins are forgiven so that you would understand I have that authority. Because he says, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or rise and walk? Think about that. Now, they're both the same difficulty level to vocalize, right? Your sins are forgiven, rise up and walk. That's the same easiness to say. They're both equally easy to say, but they're both impossible to do without God's authority. However, one of them you can verify with your eyes. The other one, uh, how do you verify that? Only God can verify that, right? So that no one can tell the difference when Jesus says your sins are forgiven. However, if this guy were to stand up and walk, well, they could all verify that he's been healed. Jesus uses the healing to confirm his authority to forgive. Notice in verse 24, he says, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he says to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And now the paralytic exercises faith by obeying Jesus' command. He gets up and he goes home. And the fact that he goes home, it shows that Jesus not only has authority to forgive, the, to heal the body, but to heal the soul. 
Because now everyone can verify that. And Jesus set up that verification. He's like, oh, you don't think I have the authority to, to forgive sins as well? Well, I'll give you something you can verify. Because you can't one moment blaspheme God, which they're accusing him of, and then the next moment God give you the power to heal. So he sets up that verification so that they would be clear that he has that authority. So again, do you need that? Do you need that healing for your body and for your soul? And then, you, then if that's your need, then you need to encounter Jesus. And don't let anything stop you from seeking him, from encountering him. Uh, 1 Peter 2.24 says this. He says, He himself, Jesus himself, bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you've been healed. We just sang that song. By his wounds you've been healed. This is both, right? That when Jesus, there's, there's a healing there. There's a salvation there. Now, many times we don't, uh, we don't connect the two. We don't connect bodily healing and spiritual healing, but they are because when Jesus fully and finally does away with any sin, with all sin that separates us from God, he is also going to bring that new kingdom where there's going to be no suffering, no death, no crying. So that these things are connected. Then the same Jesus who has authority to reestablish our relationship with God has the same authority to reestablish our relationship with all of creation so that death no longer has its sting. So that's why when, Jesus, when Peter says that, you know, that he, he, by his wounds that you've been healed, he's talking about a healing that expand, you know, covers everything, soul, body, all that. But now let's quickly look at, so that's Jesus' encounter with the friends, with the paralytic, but, it doesn't, but now let's look at his encounter with the Pharisees. So this is the first time in Luke's gospel that he introduces these people called the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. The Pharisees were a religious group of that time who really emphasized uh, following the, Mo the law of Moses in every area of life. The teachers of the law were experts, very trained people. Many of them were Pharisees, but not necessarily, who could be called upon to comment upon any religious matter. So whether it was an interpretation of a scripture or some new teacher that was coming around like Jesus they were the ones people would look to. And Jesus' popularity caused them to come, to come from all over Galilee, but even as far as Jerusalem, to check this Jesus out. And Jesus was claiming an authority, well, that they kind of claimed. And that caused a conflict that we're going to see throughout the rest of the gospel. But even though they were in the house that Jesus was in, sitting around there, Perhaps they had greater obstacles to encountering Jesus than those paralyzed, the, the friends of the paralyzed man. Because they had all sorts of obstacles of their upbringing, their religious teaching that was causing them to not only reject Jesus' claim to forgive sins, but also even question his authority to heal. Did it come from God or did it come from Satan? That's not in this passage, but it's in a different passage. And instead of encountering the healing of the body and the soul, what did they experience? Well, they experienced anger. They experienced offense because Jesus was not fitting into their agenda, their system. They had a roof, and they had put it there themselves. And in fact, you know, um, 
Tozer talks about, A.W. Tozer, the theologian, talks about um, uh, there's a veil often in between us and encountering God for who he is. And you know what that veil is? It's self. That veil is self. Well, here, let's just talk about it as a, as a ceiling or a roof. That Sealing that roof is often self. And that's what was coming, and that was a problem with the Pharisees, is that they wouldn't open up the tiles of their heart and, and allow that healing to come in. And so many of us are in that same situation. Now, I, now you might be thinking, wait, no, no, this doesn't apply. You know, whenever we read the Scripture, whenever we read the New Testament, we always assume the Pharisees are the they. But, you know, sometimes this, the Pharisees are us, is me. Because we, we think, all right, Jesus, he needs to fit into my traditions, my parameters that I have set. And if we're, and, and we're saying, you know, he doesn't have authority over my theology and practice. Doesn't matter how much we, we come to church, whatever, the Pharisees were the most religious people. They were faithful in their, their attendance of worship and their reading of Scripture. But being a religious person doesn't mean you have the tear-the-roof-off kind of faith that causes an encounter with Jesus. These, again, these Pharisees were very religious. So if, if, if you or I want, to, want Jesus to stay within the lines that we have painted, then our faith is more like the Pharisees' faith than that take-the-roof-off kind of faith. Again, ask yourself, do, does, in order to encounter Jesus, do I have to have everything set up according to my ideas? Because again, the Pharisees probably would have been fine with Jesus as long as he, as long as he cooperated with, all, with everything they did, as long as they fit into what uh, they thought. So that's the, that's the scripture. And again, how does this encounter, how should this encounter inform our encounter with Jesus today? Because you can encounter Jesus. And next week is Pentecost Sunday. And so there's gonna, we're going to be a lot of, of thinking on that because how do we encounter Jesus now? Because he's no longer in the flesh walking among us, but yet he lives. How do we encounter Jesus? Through the Spirit. Through the, through the Word, through the Spirit, through prayer and community, we can encounter Jesus and have a life-changing experience just like they did then. And so we'll talk more about that next week. We will. But just know you can have an encounter with Jesus today. And the, and the first thing is that, you know, if Jesus, as we just talked about, he has the authority to heal and forgive. And if that's you, whether you're online or you're here now, then you know what you need to do. Run to Jesus. Again, and we all need forgiveness, right? Every day we need forgiveness, and sometimes we, we don't realize that, you know, if I just step into his presence, he's not going to be like, remember like Peter when he's like, Lord, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. And then what did Jesus do? He brought him into closer encounter, and that's what will happen with you if you just take the tiles of your heart off and say, Jesus, I need your healing, I need your forgiveness. Don't let those, that ceiling get in the way of you encountering Jesus today. Run to him, and don't let the obstacles stop you. Because oftentimes our faith can be measured by what obstacles we're willing to overcome to encounter Jesus. 
whether you have to travel miles, whether you have to tear the roof off, it doesn't matter. You want to encounter him. And again, the two greatest obstacles that, that is in our, our passage, but I think is in our lives as well, are the crowds and the roof. So that the crowds... You know, we gather together because where two or three are gathered in the name, Jesus is in our midst. That's true, and we are here on that promise. But it's true that so many times we're looking at other people to see if we're going to encounter Jesus or if we can encounter Jesus. So sometimes we know, I, like, I feel the Lord's presence. I'm, I want to bust out and clap. I want to holler. Or sometimes too, though, wait, it's I want to sit quietly. And I want to meditate on who God is. But, oh, this is, the crowd's doing this. The crowd's in a frenzy, so I guess i got to be a frenzy. Or, no, like, I want to jump and dance and, and do a praise break and run around this place. But, no, the crowd, the crowd will think I'm strange. Did, did, the, I mean, did these friends, did they let the crowd stop them from encountering Jesus? No. They're like, I don't, the crowd, I don't care if they're in the way. I'm going to figure out a way to encounter him. So many times we base what we can or can't do based on other people. But when you truly understand your need for Jesus, when I truly understand my need for Jesus, I don't care what the person sitting next to me is doing. I don't. Because I need him. I want him to come into my life and bring that healing, bring that forgiveness. But again, the other obstacle is often the roof. Is that roof, that self. And you know who put the roof on your house? You did. Right? I did. I put the roof on my house. And so many times we just, our self gets in the way. Because we think, all right, Jesus, you've got to, you know, this, these are my criteria for you to show up. Instead of, oh, if, if the roof's in the way, I'm tearing it off. Because I need to encounter him so much. So what is stopping you? What, is, what, what tiles have you placed over your heart that you know you need, to, you need to open those things up so that Jesus, you can encounter Jesus in a new way? Ask Jesus about that. And then the final thing I think is, if you have the tear that roof off kind of faith, will you be that tear the roof off kind of friend? Where again, you want to see your friends encounter Jesus because you've experienced Jesus. You've encountered him. You know what he can do. And so you want so much for others to experience him. One of the things you'll need to do is blow up all of your preferences and then start thinking of, all right, what would help my friend? Yeah, I don't want to carry my friend miles and miles on this stretcher to get to Jesus and the hot Palestinian sun, but I care about my friends so much that I'm going to do whatever it takes so that they can encounter Jesus. Will you be that kind of friend today? And maybe there's people in your mind you're thinking of, and you know they need to encounter Jesus. Well, commit to God today and say, you know, God, whatever it takes, I'm going to tear the roof off. I'm going to go through any kind of discomfort I need to because they need to encounter Jesus as I have. Because we see in these four men in that paralytic a tear-the-roof-off kind of faith and a tear-the-roof-off kind of friendship. 
Let us aspire to that. And so as we pray, I want you to be praying about these things. In our last song, I want you to be uh, continuing to, to sit in that. And let's, let's apply this right away. Um, so what I'm going to do is... Um, you know, lots of times after the service, I go outside because I like the air. Well, I'm going to go outside, and anyone who wants prayer, anyone who, you know, the Lord has really put something on your heart, and you know, yeah, I've, I've got to, I want to pray about this, I need forgiveness in this, I need healing, whatever, then come on outside, right? And I will pray with you, um, and, and uh, if there's a lot of folks, Peter will be out there uh, praying with you. And this is an opportunity to be like, yeah. Who cares who else is coming, right? Who, who cares what, what's going on that you want to encounter Jesus and he's spoken to you? If you're watching online, right, message the church, right, on Facebook Messenger or whatever. I'll get those messages. I'll get together with you and we'll talk. But don't let this day go by without encountering Jesus. I think one of the worship team members said that today. Don't let this day go by. You need him. I need him. And so let nothing get in the way. Let's pray. Dear God, we put this next time into your hands and pray that you'd move in a powerful way as you already have. Lord, we want to encounter you. We, we confess our need for you. So Holy Spirit, move about this place and put in our hearts those things we need healing from, forgiveness from. Put in our heart, Lord, that faith that says um, we're so convinced of your authority in our lives, over our sin, over our sickness, that we are running to you. And Lord, if that means some folks need to come and, and, and get prayer, Lord, I pray that they would do that, not care about the crowd. Lord, if there's others who just need to sit in silence because they know that you've spoken with them, I pray that they do that. And for others, Lord, who want to bust out in song, singing that we've seen the light of your grace. We've seen the light that you have that authority. And so we just want to sing that out. Lord, do what you will. But in these songs, in these prayers, may we encounter you anew today. Yes. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.